welcome back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. It's the podcast that teaches you as much as you have been pretending that you know about wine. I am Adeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. I'm going to come at you real quick with this one, Dad. Uh, I put, I changed our Instagram bio. Do you follow us on Instagram? Yes, of course. Okay, you do. I don't know. Do you ever look at our profile? Our profile? No. Oh, you don't look at the profile. Yeah, exactly. So you don't know what our bio is. No, I know that you've changed to part-time weatherman on Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I have part-time weather girl in my bio now because I do... I realize I talk about the weather like an unnatural amount but we really don't need to get into that anyways i changed the bio on the dad teaches me about wine account and it is father daughter wine podcast correct right yes so far so good we answer the wine questions you're too embarrassed to ask okay how do you like that perfect okay i just wanted to run it by you since i already did it (laughs) should we update our intro or do you are you liking the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending to know about wine. I think that's satisfactory. Don't don't rebrand this late in the game. Correct. Savvy answer, father. Um, well, how's it going? Well, thank you. It's been a while. It has been a while. I think we can just go ahead and call this season two. Okay. We'll just say... We took a small break there, um, had you guys eager for more, and now we're on season two of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. I think we know more about wine. Well, I hope I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You. Both of us have started really studying a lot more wine since we started this show. Me, I have any interest before I had zero, and you have been like taking wine classes and tests and stuff. Yes. So I'm currently in the uh, level three of WSET, so the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. Um, That's insane. So we're winding our way around the world. We're winding your way around the world. That too. With a little bit of whining sometimes about it, I'm sure. So today we are doing... You don't need to rush into it. We can. It's nice to hear what's going on in everyone's world. Sorry. That's how the best podcasts grow. They're real in the beginning. And then people are like, oh, I know they're my friends. They're my pocket friends. And then, then they try, they want to hang out with you every week. Okay. I just refer to all of you guys as a pocket friend. Um, I think that's an app description. Though no one really puts their phone in their pocket. It's almost always in their hand. Anyways, today we're back with a great, another summer themed episode. Which is? Which, okay, I was waiting for you. <laughs> oh. What is today's episode, Dad? So we're doing barbecue wines. Yes, we are. So not wines that are barbecued, but wines to That would be something. And wines to accompany barbecue. I'm sure there's some sort of smoked wine somewhere. Probably so. That has to exist. Yeah, so I thought it'd be fun. You know, still summer, still August. Summer ain't over yet, baby. Uh, To do an episode about what to drink at a barbecue. If you're grilling stuff grilling things for dinner, you know, you're having people over, you're grilling out, and what wine should you buy for the gathering? Um, And I I saw it coming at it a couple of ways. Obviously, what wine pairs well with the food, 
dad, name some examples of food you might find at a barbecue. Well, the most common one would obviously be a hamburger. Hamburger, of course. Uh, steak. Well, yeah, uh, people, yeah, they grill that. Uh, things that, uh, again, more beef products in terms of brisket, ribs. What kind of barbecue are you going to where someone's making brisket? I did not get that invite. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, though, is the social aspect, yes. which you alluded to. Yes. Which is that it isn't necessarily a bunch of wine lovers getting together yes. for an intimate dinner party. It tends to be 500 of your closest neighbors or groups of people that you have social connections to and oftentimes mm-hmm. it's outdoors and it's picnic. casual again i don't know what 500 person barbecue you're getting invited to that i'm not getting because <laughs> that sounds pretty epic but uh yes i agree i think a lot of it's social and that was the other thing i was saying uh a wine that you can drink because barbecues can be like five hours long a wine that maybe you'd sip on all afternoon and you know it wouldn't really do away with you. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the wines we're going to talk about are alcoholic. Uh, well, they, they tend to run the they tend to run towards the higher spectrum. So, you know, if you look at percent of alcohol in wines, it runs from a low of about seven or eight, okay, up to a high of about fourteen, and these wines are going to be clocking in at 12 to 14 percent let's also throw in a uh a wine a palatable white i'm looking for the equivalent of like a coors or just like a bud light something you can drink like five across the afternoon and still get yourself home well i you should still probably call an uber but you know or a lyft whatever your choice may be something that is just drinkable all day you know All right, we can do that too. Great. I love it. So let's get started with what we have in front of us. So what we have here is a uh, Raven Park Victoria Shiraz, or the rest of the world calls it a Syrah. And this is from uh, Victoria, which is in the, if you look at uh, the map of Australia, it's the bottom right corner. Australia. Yeah, just north of Tasmania. Dude. That's an episode we need to do. We can do that, We need to do Australia. Is that a one episode, or would that be multiple? Oh, I think we can probably cover it in one. But uh, this is just uh, something we kind of had around the house. This is a good starting point for the type of wines that I look at for barbecue. And again, um, on one hand, you know, you can look at it sort of as two schools of thought. On one hand, if you're grilling... A big old steak with salt and uh, fat. Uh, this is a uh, you could potentially pair it up with a wine that is very tannic. Uh, so some big old California cab uh, could potentially match up. However, uh, as we started to say in the beginning, uh, barbecues are also a social event. Yeah, 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 and. We're not going to be buying huge, profound, tannic California wines for the crowd. That is a lot to drink at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. That's all I'm going to say. That'd be like a most heavy of the, hitter. Yeah, and, and most of your guests aren't necessarily going to be drinking the wine 
directly with the food. And a couple of sips of that cab, and they're going to be puckering up yeah. and wondering what the heck you're doing. <laughs> That'd be some, they'd be in solo cups. It'd be a lot. <laughs> it wouldn't really fit. I'm with you. So, so these wines, although, uh, although theoretically you could pair meat with much bigger wines, these wines are, the ones that I'm going to suggest tend to be uh, lighter, um, have less of a tannic structure, and are more fruit fruit forward. So they're still big fruity wines, but they're not as like tannic and, and right. heavy as some yes. reds. Correct. So this <laughs> wine, for instance... Um, can we sit, can we cheer so I can drink it? Absolutely. Cheers, bro. You know what? I really like this. Well, that's good. So this wine is very fruit forward. Although they do a little funky thing with the uh, with the oak, which to me isn't not necessarily necessary, but isn't. But anyway, uh, it it sort of forms a typical uh, uh, example of what this is. So, um, yikes, this is strong. Yeah, so this is 14, 14%. 14.8, nearly oh, 14, 15. 14.8, okay. Yeah. Nearly 15% alcohol, yeah. So here's the takeaway. Don't drink this for five hours. Yeah, any wine that's grown in warm weather. Like, like Straya. Like Australia. Down at Oz. Yeah, is going to tend to be uh, alcoholic. So, uh, the wines, the sort of lower-priced mass-market wines from Australia are going to be from either Victoria or Southeast. Is that like just broad-label California? Almost, yeah. Like it's a, a very Victoria wide, is yeah. just like, yeah, this is just and there's, a big there are, area. There are wide swaths of, of warm weather areas that are irrigated that produce large volumes of, of wine. And undoubtedly, that's where, where this came it's from. It's irrigated? Irrigation. For the, for the sake of growing wine? In order to grow the vines. Who build all that irrigation? Farmers? Well, no. The, the people who are growing the, growing the grapes. If they didn't irrigate their all right. their vines, they wouldn't have a problem. Now, Australia also has some very high-end stuff that's going to come from cooler areas. The most, um, uh, the most famous being the Barossa Valley. Right. This is not the, 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 the Australia. Let's... No, I know, but... Uh, it, I, just to contrast it, though, those wines are going to be three to four times more expensive. Mm. So we're today we're going to be talking about wines that run in the ten to twenty dollar range. Out of Syrah, is this this the, isn't Syrah? This is Shiraz. It's the same grape. Okay, can they I call just it, call it. Can I call it Shiraz? Uh, if you want to sound like you're an Aussie. I oh, do they? Oh, I do Shiraz. It's Shiraz. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, the, the, the Australians historically called it Shiraz because it was believed that the grape originated from the Shiraz portion of Iran. So oh, yeah, we've the, gone over this. Does it grow anywhere else? Well, now it's grown around the world. Uh, mm. So Syrah is grown oh, everywhere. Oh, Syrah, Shiraz, okay. Yes. We've talked about this in the past. I can't possibly chew and talk, so yeah. let me chew and I'll edit it out. So <laughs> any, uh, so any kind of... Uh, medium quality uh, type of Australian Shiraz would be great at a uh, 
barbecue and socially at a, at a barbecue. These are light wines, alcoholic, yeah. but easy to drink. So the other, uh, the other wine that is similar in terms of being alcoholic, fruity, usually not uh, made with very much structure is Zinfandel. And the two great areas in California to get Zinfandel is the North Sonoma Valley, which is called Dry Creek. And then also... Lodi. Right, which is the... Did I guess it right? You guessed it. Oh, nice! Which is the continuation, basically, of the um, of the San Francisco Bay estuary as it, as it heads uh, east. Okay. Because it's in the Central Valley, which ought to be hot, but it has some cooling influences from the... Uh. Yeah, the other... The ocean. Yeah, the Add ocean. Add it again. And the other place is Amador County, uh, also in California. So these are all reliable sources For of, Zin. of Zinfandel. And again, Zinfandel is usually made in a, in a manner without much structure or tannin. And because it's such a hot weather grape, alcohol levels can, can be strong. Yes. Okay. So this is good... Wine, I even like this because I think this is a really good information for like any time you're getting like a big burger or you're going to a steakhouse to, to look for wines like this. Yes, these wines will stand up to that. You could go bigger, stuff. but you could this... Go, right. So you're saying Zinn, look look out for it in different parts of California, such as Lodi, Anderson Valley. Did you say that? Amador. Amador Valley. County. And Amador what was it? County. Okay, say the last two. <laughs> Lodi, Amador County, and Dry Creek. Perfect. And then um, a Shiraz. Shiraz. Shiraz from Straya. Right. Anywhere. Well, the most reliable stuff is either Southeast or Victoria. Got it, got it. And then... I want to give you a couple of Italian ones. And then let's move to like a lighter, more, you know, sure. summer wine. Yeah. So similarly, um, there's a there's a uh, grape um, grown in Italy, which is a thick skin, but is tends to be grown uh, tends to be grown in warm areas. Puglia, which is the heel, mm. the heel of the boot. It's the uh, Negro Amore grape, and the best expression of it is a, a wine called the Slice Salentino. And uh, it uh, makes a very fruity, reasonably alcoholic wine that's uh, very approachable. And again, these wines are ten to fifteen dollars, uh, not terribly expensive. And probably one of the largest, uh, one of the wines that's produced in greatest volume in Italy that would fit this bill. Um, is the uh, Montepulciano de Abruzzo. Nice. Right. Not Vina Nobile de Montepulciano. So yeah, Montepulciano really is a place and a grape. So you want the grape. You want Montepulciano de Abruzzo. And these, again, are incredibly fruity wines, um, very little tannic structure, with um, often with uh, high alcohol content can stand up to a uh, a burger with um, 
barbecue sauce on it, but... Uh, oh, nice. Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask you now. Barbecues. On one hand, I'm here with you. I love all of the things we just talked about. Burgers, ribs, brisket. I'm here for all of it. But I got to say, barbecue, it's not always just big meaty dishes. These days, usually got a salad at the barbecue. Maybe you're, I usually like make you grill me veggies and you're pretty nice about it. Thank you. I'll like hand him. He's like going out to the grill with a stack of burgers and I'll just hand him a tray of like olive oiled broccoli. And I'm like, throw this on there. And he's like, Gee, okay, thanks. Um, the secret is just like blacken it. I just like it like charred. I'll remember that. Yeah. Okay. No, just, just, so you know, my order anyways. Um, you know, you got that. Maybe you got even, you know, some shrimp on the grill, some shrimp on the Barbie. Uh, you got some veggie burgers even. Yeah. Yes. I hear what you say. A Ron Swanson barbecue is about what you, uh, we just gave advice for. So I'm here for it. I like Ron Swanson. You don't know who Ron Swanson is, do no. you? So yeah, other wines. So we're going to switch gears. So we're going to uh, come up with some white wines. So um, what you're looking for in what you're describing is refreshing wines. And refreshing wines yeah. are usually chemically translated into acidic wines. Yeah. You don't think you want to drink acid, but you do. Um, it, Love drinking acid. It makes it makes wine taste refreshing. So, it makes it taste sharp. That's the word I always yes, use. Do you know right. what I mean? So uh, certainly Sauvignon Blanc is a is a very acidic wine. Uh-huh. So very uh, inexpensive examples can be found in in New Zealand, uh, especially in um, Marlborough, which is the northern end of the uh, Southern Island. But certainly um, French examples from uh, uh, you know from uh, Puy Fumé or Sancerre. Uh, would be uh, terrific. Um, oh, Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre, right. Puy Fumé. So I'm actually going to um, I'm actually going to recommend a Pinot Grigio, but this is going to take a little bit of homework. Do not buy a Pinot Grigio that says Venuto on the label. What does that mean? That means an area of a flat plain which all the bulk wine is produced. Oh, it says that on there? It says it right there. That's crazy. So what you're going to want to do is look for a label that says uh, Alto Adige or ideally Friuli and Coli Orienti. Okay, what language? You just did like six different accents. What is this French? No, it's Italian. Okay. Really (laughs) threw me off there. I couldn't. So Pinot Grigio is a grape that's grown all throughout uh, northeastern Italy. Mm -hmm. And it's taken the U.S. by storm in in the sense of being the alternative to Chardonnay. But most of it is bulk wine. Okay. Uh, So what I'm suggesting is that you do a little bit of homework and find some better examples. Um. and then um, finally, there's a, a wine from the uh, from uh, Argentina, um, from the Salta area. What? And it's called Torrantes. Oh. Ah, and this is another very acidic wine because it's grown upwards of 
9,000 feet. So very cool areas with very cold nights. So hmm. acidic grapes. So those would be some um, some good pairings for the type of uh, barbecue you're suggesting. Okay. I think we gave a lot of good advice. If I do say so myself. <laughs> you know, I gotta give a shout out to all of our listeners, Dad. It's so weird. Like, people really do. I checked my our email the other day, which I'm gonna be honest, I hadn't checked in like months. Because it's not on my phone and I just for, kind of forgot it existed. So my bad. We had only gotten a couple of emails though. But they were so nice. Um, and they weren't that long ago. They were like less than a month ago. So I can still, you know, sneak in with a reply. If you know who you are, I, I will respond. It's just going to take me a little bit. But they just say the nicest things. Like I binged the show. I, it really helped me. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's just really nice. I just want to say thanks, guys. for. And we do have like a lot of reviews on iTunes. So if you guys could leave us a review, we love getting those. Especially nice ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's hard. It's so much easier to write bad reviews because those are like fun to do. Writing a positive review feels like a waste of time, but writing a negative review feels like you're getting vengeance. I understand. Uh, but we we really like the nice reviews and they mean a lot. And my dad just checked his watch, so I think that's his way of saying wrap it up. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for season two of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Uh, follow us on Instagram uh, at Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Questions, comments, concerns, and corrections can be sent to our email, even though I just admitted I don't check it as often as I should. Just follow us on Instagram and DM us. I'll get that. Anyways, uh, Dad Teaches Me About Wine at gmail.com. Dad, you have any, you know, things you want to shout out? Just. Cheers. No, he's like, just end it. <laughs> Make it end. <laughs> Cheers.